Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Jason Neal, one of the co-owners of PW United. I must warn you that the Yellow Block podcast contains some strong language and adult themes. So be warned and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block, a PW United podcast. I am Tim and I am joined this evening by Nathan. Evening. How are we doing, Bodo Ryan? Not bad, do you? Good, yeah, can't complain. I've also got uh, Matthew Kisby with us. Good evening. I you teed up like there was somebody else, didn't I? It was like that's that's literally it. It's just the three of us. There wasn't like some sort of surprise uh, extra guest that I didn't I didn't add. There. How are you doing, Gisby? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, a little bit more optimistic. Um, and I, I did tell you off air that I've got a little bit of a Jared story for you. And this is uh, it's not an overly funny Jared story because we've got many Jared stories. But um, while he was, as you know, he was doing security for the Queen's funeral and um, he was there for many, many hours and did a sterling job. But at one point he did allow someone to stand on the a bin to get a better view. Now, thank goodness that wasn't a terrorist because Jared, our Jared would have helped that person to... And take out some of the, you know, royal family, but um, quite, I did quite literally think a rubbish story that could be quite. I mean, really, yeah. Well done, Tim. Well done. That was yeah, quite that was right. that. Uh, talking of Jared, though, we do need to uh, we do need to wish Herman Munster a happy thirtieth. Uh, it was his thirtieth birthday. Um, he celebrated at soft play with some turkey dinosaurs and unlimited coke refills. Uh, do you on know Wednesday, what? I, I believe. I've... I've never seen a man so more depressed to have a birthday than Jared. Yeah. He really wasn't happy about turning 30 because he thinks now life is over. Now, in many ways, that is true when you turn 30 because, um, you know, he's a married man. So sort of life sort of yeah, has ended it's, for him, really, hasn't it? I haven't seen him in weeks. Where Has he started hanging out with Sebastian Bassong? Like, where where is Jared? I'm um, is he alive? Is he? I'm concerned for his welfare. I've not heard from him. It's very strange. No, I mean I watched the football with him. Well, like you said, slightly more optimistic since we last recorded. We've played thrice and won thrice. Although one of those, to be fair, was against Spurs under two, so it doesn't really count. Oh, and Dmac says he's leaving again. That's all coming up on the yellow box. <laughs> Okay, lots of news off the pitch uh, this week, fellas. A, a lot. We've got a lot to get through. Uh, let's start with uh, the CEO debacle, which seems to have uh, disappeared behind Dara's podcast, uh, Nathan. Um, what on earth is happening here? So we just something came out online. Uh, the socials put out a statement saying that we were being charged by the FA for breaching. <clears throat> Some schedule, some regulation somewhere. And there's not really any clarity on not mm. great English, Tim. There's not really any clarity, I should say, on, on exactly what's happened. Yeah, it seems an odd one, really. Um, all I can assume is some sort of paperwork's not been filed right, or you know, there's been some sort of, you know, dodgy dealing somehow. Um but it yeah, it seems very, very odd that it all went sort of very, very hush hush and sort of we didn't really hear too much about it. Um and it seems like obviously the the current CEO is is on gardening leave and and we've kind of got an interim. So yeah, it's it's a strange situation. And obviously we we you know as sort of general fans don't really you know we're not privy to too much information. So it's really difficult to sort of 
kind of have an opinion really other than you know it's a bit of a sort of dodgy situation in some ways it does it does sound sus doesn't it? i know when we had yeah. jason on he said that the ceo was off um for personal reasons because mm. that was the excuse that we got from the top but it all seems a little bit weird yeah. a bit unnerving I mean, it's like Nathan says, you don't know what's going on, do you? It it seems when anything like this happens and all the reasons come out, don't they, about why he's not there. And you 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 automatically think the worst, don't you? You automatically think there's some dodgy dealing that's going on in the background. It might just be something as simple as some paperwork hasn't put been put in in time or it might be a little bit more serious because of the nature of the person himself you don't know do you really um i don't want to sound dense but what does a ceo actually do at a football club it answers on a postcard i don't i, I believe I mean, they're responsible for the the day-to-day i would guess and they're a they're sort of the head of the leadership from the day-to-day running i suppose yeah I think they're more focused on sort of the actual day-to-day running of the club, you know, stadium, commercial, marketing, that side of things. And then obviously you have sort of director of football, who I guess is sort of more focused on transfer dealings and awesome. scouting and that kind of thing. So yeah. I guess it's more the commercial branding, marketing side of it, of the business, to be fair. Are you going to apply then, Kisby? Um, if there's money in it, I'll do anything. <laughs> I imagine it probably pays quite well, but evidently, I'm sure it does. Yeah, um, evidently, submitting you know work at the right time is key. I think if I won the Euro Millions, if like obscenely large amount of money, I would quite like to be involved in the football club because mm. I've got, as you know, a wealth of knowledge that you know I feel I'm always right. So I feel it would suit me quite well. Do you know what I? I, I do feel sorry for football club owners because they're on a hiding to nothing, aren't they, really? Whatever they do, it's always going to not be good enough and, you know, everyone else knows better sort of thing. So I do have a bit of sympathy for football club owners. But I would I would like to be involved in a football club. Well, you've teed us up like nicely football. there. You've teed us up lovely about feeling sorry for football club owners because we had this issue with the CEO um, and then lots of memories, of course, that we touched on on the last pod about the owners falling out. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Dara plans this big podcast with some of the fans, including some of his bigger critics on social media, and seemingly takes the heat out of the situation and pours it all onto him. Now, that's, of course, a very cynical, pessimistic way of looking at it. But I believe this has been manufactured perfectly by Dara. But we do need to talk about this podcast that Dara's put out. Uh, lots has come out of there. Uh, none of it is new. Dara said he's leaving. The difference, I think, this time... Um, and I'll, I'll throw this at you, Nathan, is he's, he talks as though he's actually got some definitive plan mm. to leave in the summer now, whereas he's never really done that before. Uh, do, do you think he is going come the summer? I must admit this one feels different. Um, you know, you used to take a lot of what he says with a pinch of salt, but it seems like maybe in his, his older age, he's getting a little bit more more honest, maybe. Um, yeah, from from listening to it, I did think that that seems like a genuine statement that he, he is going to pack it in. Um and it, you know, as Kisby said, it can't be easy being an owner um, with the amount of stick that our fans give him at times. You know, I don't necessarily agree with him on everything, especially not his, his sort of politics. But I think when it comes to an owner, we could have done a hell of a lot worse. You know, we could be in a Derby situation. You know, we could have been in a Berry situation. You know, that's the other side of the coin. And ultimately, while Dara has his his issues, you know, he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he has been a very good owner for us and he's been, you know, one of our most successful owners, if not the most successful owner that we've had. Um, So I'm sort of, I'm loath to to be delighted that he may well be going um, because I I don't think it's it's a good situation if he does. Um, But it does seem from what I I can gather from that podcast that, yeah, he means it this time. Um, I I just hope, I just hope that the club have got, an idea of where they want to go with it afterwards. I'm, I'm hoping that there's a succession plan already in place, if not being put in place in the minute, because it's, it's sort of a worrying situation, I guess, when your main sort of stakeholder kind of, you know, puts a statement out like that. Yeah, absolutely. If we were on the stock market, we would have uh, we would have crashed this mm. week, wouldn't we? The, the thing is, Kisby, um, he, he has said it before. I guess the difference this time, I don't know if you've heard the the podcast or at least the soundbite is, he's he's basically saying that his you know his kids now are at a point where he needs to give them the attention. Um, he gave various other sort of personal reasons. So, were he now to not leave in the summer, and this isn't me, you know, calling his bluff or, or pushing him over the cliff, but he would lose a lot of face if he hasn't already. But he, it would be hard for him now to stay on in the summer and he did say 
bottom line is he cannot own the club and step back. He even needs to be all in or all out. So based on that, we would we would expect him to be gone and his stake gone in the summer. I mean, the thing is, he will go at some point. All good things, whether it's good or bad, come to an end at some point. He has been with us for many. I mean, how long has he been with us now? Quite, about 15, quite a few years. Is it seventeen years? Is it? I think. Yeah, that's I think a long. Yeah, uh, the, it, I'm sure it is around about that sort of time because mm-hmm. um, he has been here a long, long, long time and. Many years ago, many years ago, I said, I think he will go very shortly. And he has stayed and he has stayed and he stayed. So it will come to an end at some point. So the question is, will it come to an end at the end of this season? Now, I agree to a certain extent what you say, Tim, and and it does seem quite genuine this time. And as well, there's no pressure for him to say. Normally, there's a reason he comes out with with these things, isn't it? Normally, you know, we're either doing very, very well or very, very badly. So all these big sort of statements come out. At the moment, we're doing all right. There's it's still early doors. We're we're in a fairly ish okay position. So there's no real need to come out with it. So it does seem quite genuine. The one caveat I would say is DMAC likes being in the public eye and in attention of the media and all the rest of it, right? If he sells us, there is absolutely zero reason for him, for anyone to follow him on Twitter or to take him, take his footballing knowledge um, seriously sort of thing, because he's not part of the, the He's not a football club owner anymore all of a sudden. So for me, I think he likes the attention of being a football club owner. So that's the only thing I would say that would stop him perhaps leaving at the end of this season, especially if we do well, especially if we do go back into the championship. I think it's not clear cut that he would walk away in that situation, I don't think. Mm. Um, It's hard to tell, isn't it? Because like you say... You actually released quite a funny meme about it, you know, with the Bart Simpson, say the line, say the line, I'm leaving in the summer sort of thing. But all I can say on it really is that he is either going to leave or he isn't. <laughs> Brilliant. There's the Kisby quote <laughs> from today. Fair. As sure as the sun will rise, there is today's quote. He will leave true, or he it? won't leave. <laughs> you know, to add on to that. I must admit, I do think if we do go up this year, I think he's going to really struggle to think, do you know what, I want another crack at it. That's that's the caveat, I think, if we do go up. And I also think his plan probably was that if we did stay up last season, I think he'd have thought, yeah, get us solidified in the Championship for two seasons, then it's time. I think because we've gone back down, I think he, he probably, yeah, his, his mission is going to be, you know, get us up and then maybe reconsider, but... Yeah, that I'm just not sure. It, it could go either way, really, with Darren. <laughs> yeah, it could do because that's the problem is you you never know. He you know as much as um, he hates the analogies like that used car salesman, you can never really quite trust everything he's saying at, at face value. I guess he's out to save face. Is if he did want to stay, is is he would maybe go along the lines of, oh, I'm trying to find a buyer for my stake, or mm. there's delay tactics, isn't there, where he can, uh, you know. I'm, I'm, it's going to take another year for me to find a buyer or another two years for me to find a buyer and so on and so forth. So although he said it, who knows? Uh, it, Posh Polls on Twitter did put out, that's quite a niche account. I love that. Posh Polls on Twitter put out uh, a tweet saying, uh, DMAC says he's leaving in the summer but wants to go out on a high. Do we believe this is true or is it just DMAC being DMAC as Jason Neal alluded to uh, on the yellow block? Um, 62% said yes, he will leave and 38% said no, it's just more lies. So he's, he's clearly split the the fan base in terms of do we believe him, do we not believe him? And that, that seems to be the case really with what you guys are saying, pretty much echoing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very true because he said it so many times before, isn't he? So it's like the boy who cried wolf. You stop believing him after a while, don't you, sort of thing. It is. There's only there's one thing, though. Obviously, a lot of people on Twitter, it has sort of, is he leaving, is he not leaving? The, the thing that I don't get is... Everybody seems to have this idea. Well, not everybody, that's unfair. But there's a large section of our fan base that seems to think that as soon as Dara walks out the door, our club's just going to, I don't know, explode or just cease to exist. There is every possibility that things could get better, right? Like, this isn't the end of the world. Peter United is a big proposition for any potential owner. 
it's like the death of the queen isn't it when someone's been around for so long you don't like change sort of thing and i think a lot of a lot of posh supporters have only known dara you know they've they might have only been supporting us 10 years 15 years they only know him and change is always a difficult thing i've seen many owners come and go um and like I said on the last pod, I'll hold my hand up. He, by far, by far, he's been the best for success on the on the pitch by 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 a country mile. You can't deny that. And I've been around and I've seen the the bad times at Peterborough United. So, for someone of my age, I can understand that why people worry that he's going to go because it, sometimes it's the be- better the devil you know sort of thing, isn't it? And we have been largely successful under him you know um, the worst we've been under him is sort of you know top of league one sort of thing or near the top of league one which for posh is not a bad place to be so i can understand that and and we may like i said last last pod we may get a better man we may get a better owner than him um the likelihood is we will get a worse owner that's the likelihood i would argue um so from that point of view, I can understand the worry. And I I am of that ilk as well. You know, I think, well, actually, what's the likelihood we get a better owner? Um, mm-hmm. Probably not great, I would argue. So I can understand why. This little next section, Kisby's, Kisby's financial corner. Uh, caveat, though, uh, that Kisby is the tightest man known to to mankind and no financial advice should be taken from him but one other little soundbite that came out of his pod is he uh, was defending the cost of tickets at posh we had a lot of criticism from away fans over the last couple of years um we just seem to accept it almost as as home fans now but it is really expensive to go and watch Peter united play and, and he's basically saying that with covid and the cost of living that that's the way it is. We've got to suck it up. Um, what's your view on that, Kisby, in terms of the cost of watching Posh? Well, let's put it this way. I wouldn't personally want to pay much more than what I'm paying at the moment. I'm a season ticket holder and I'm quite comfortable paying whatever I pay. Um, I wouldn't want to be paying 30 quid to watch us. Um, that's very true because it's it's not worth it. And and I, as a lifelong fan, I'm saying that. And Football is is my main sort of hobby in life, right? So if I'm going to spend money on anything, it's going to be football. But there does come a point where even if you can afford it, you think to yourself, is it worth it? Is it worth what I'm spending? At the moment, as a season ticket holder, yes, 100% it's worth it. But I wouldn't want to be spending much more. I don't know how we compare to other teams, to be fair. So are we round about the average? Are we more than the average? I don't know how it compares to other sides. We're, we're, we're above average off memory. I'm saying we're above average. I don't I don't know that for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty confident we are. I know we always have been above the curve, particularly for the facilities at London Road, not necessarily matching what we're charging. But uh, one of the ways that the EFL have uh, talked about saving clubs money, ironically, is on lighting. Um, and, and Nathan, what they're basically saying is, and, and Barry Fry's sort of confirmed this on, on TalkSport, mm. that clubs would potentially be open to kicking off earlier on a Saturday uh, to try and save on floodlight costs. Now, it, again, it's another thing that seems to have split opinion. People saying they can't travel up and down the country that early and so on and so forth. What What's your view on perhaps lunchtime kickoffs being the norm? I, I see both sides of the coin. Um, I think from a club's perspective, it is incredibly expensive at the minute for all of us in terms of electricity. So I, I get that point of view, you know, trying to keep um, the floodlights off. I, I can understand um, that does obviously disadvantage, you know, away fans and it'll disadvantage obviously us when we go away as well. Um, but then also, you know, we just have to to deal with, with situations like this. Um and to be honest, I think clubs probably will consider that. And I think especially when you've got the World Cup and you've got England games, um, you know, I think people are going to co- probably consider to watch that rather than go and see Posh, I think. Um, so they've got to, you know, consider that as well. If they can get an early kickoff time, then, you know, attendances are going to stay up. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky one, really, to know which side, um, you know, best suits everybody, I guess, um, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, I, I think we might end up seeing probably more lunchtime kickoffs, at least for you know until this energy crisis kind of comes to a halt, really, if it does. If it does, absolutely. Um, it's not all bad news uh, off the pitch either, Kisby. Uh, Peterborough has dropped from the first 
to the fifth worst place to live in the UK. That's that's progress right there. That's great news. As a proud Peter Bor- Peter Boror, Peter, what would it be? Peter Borian? What are you? Other Peter than- Borian, yeah. Peter Borian. That, let's go with that. That sounds about right. As a proud one of them. Uh, what's your view on this great news for the day? We've dropped a fifth. Yeah, but I've seen many places that are worse than Peterborough to live, so I never believe that. I take it with a pinch of salt, to be honest with you. Yeah, it does make you wonder how they... Uh, how I, they I don't like to travel outside Peterborough, not because I don't like the rest of the country, I just don't like to travel, so... All right, let's talk football, football, I suppose. That's you know that's what we're here for, isn't it? Um, a lot happening off the pitch, but it's all turned good, right, on the pitch. Let's start with the most recent game first. So, uh, Milton Keynes-Dons. Uh, just firstly, one thing to point out about the MK Dons uh, game... Somebody needs to tell them that we're not playing behind closed doors anymore. Um, felt like it was, I don't know, playing in a library, to use a cliche yesterday. Uh, interesting game, though, Nathan. This uh, went from being probably the most comfortable, dull, boring game to watch to being, well, the most posh game to watch. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed like, you know, we were just strolled into victory, really. Um, and then, you know, two minutes of madness and, you know, two goals go in and, and you think, oh, this is typical old posh. Um, but I think if if you take those two minutes out of it, I think it was just an incredibly dominant display, really. Um, and it kind of shows what I think Grant's trying to do. And, you know, it is against a reasonably good MK side. I know, obviously, you know, yesterday didn't really show that. Um, but they're definitely better than, than what they showed yesterday. So, yeah, I think it was a really, really good performance. It's great that, you know, the front three got, got goals, to be honest. I think that's that's a really important, you know, key point there, especially Poku as well. Um, and I just think I'm just delighted for Ricky from from a point of view of he gets so much stick as well. And again, because he's a youth product, we've seen it with Leo, we've seen it with other players. Um, and I just think it's really, really good that, that he started putting in a string of good performances. And actually, our fans can see, yeah, this this is a quality player that can actually you know really affect us. Um, and I think the move out to the left wing has suited him. I've always said I think he's more of a winger than he is a striker. Um, he sort of reminds me of Rashford. I think he's got that kind of, you know, that searing pace and, and now he's adding an end product as well. So, yeah, I was, I was really delighted with the performance. And, and as I said, just, you know, if we ignore those those two minutes and put that down to sort of the changes that we made and, and the change of system, then I think you're looking at a really good performance and, and one that we can take into quite a busy period coming up. Yeah, Grant in his, his post-match interview, Nathan was focusing on those two minutes he's you know perfectionist and I think because it because it was such a frustrating few moments and I think looking back at the well to be faked at the time we as much as we've praised Bergstrom we do have to criticize him Uh, certainly for the first goal his positioning was awful and I think for the second goal he came when he didn't need to um, which you know left him in a position where he could be loved it it is what it is ultimately those two minutes we we always looked like um, we were going to win that game irrespective of those those last couple of minutes Uh, some fans online though uh, Grant talked in his his sort of post-match interview about the frustrations, but some fans have actually blamed him uh, for his substitutions, for the way that we set up and essentially blamed him for the the fact that we had that nervy ending. Do you, do you think that's fair? Um, yes, because, and I'll tell you why, um, it's almost as though we've got a defensive weakness when we play wing-backs, isn't it? And that two minutes sh- showed it all day long. When you go 3-0 up with 90 minutes gone the the game is won it, it's virtually physically impossible to lose it from then and and, and we, we prove that because even though they scored two in two two in a minute we we, we still won the game we've done enough if we were one nil up in that game in the 90th minute we would have lost that right so what does that say about you about the team well it says that there's there's that defensive frailty when you play wing backs and we, and we saw that you're right in saying it was a, a a goalkeeping error. Bergstrom did make an error in that. First. If it had been any further to the right on that fucking first goal, he'd been out the bloody ground. However, if you look at that, how much room did their player have? How much room did the defence give him to, to to go through that? So, yeah, it was a goalkeeping error. Um, I think it was a case of, because he had so little to do, I think maybe a loss of concentration. So I'm not going to blame him too much. And, and you're right, in games like this, you just got to ignore that sort of two minutes of madness. But it, it 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 it's like I said a little while ago. I said we will we will struggle against the decent sides and beat the poor sides. Port Vale and Milton Keynes were two very poor sides, two very poor sides, and we were a better by a long way 
to both of those sides, which is why we beat them fundamentally, because we were just a lot better than them. But when we come up against, we'll have a good we'll have a good month this month because we're playing weaker sides. We will have a good month, right? We might not, might not win everyone, but we will have a good month. We will suddenly become third in the league and everything will be rosy. And then we will hit those better sides, the sides that we won't go 3-0 up against, but we will concede goals like we conceded against Milton Keynes. And that's, for me, that's the worry. Ricky J. Jones has played better in the last two games. There is no doubting about that i think like you say nathan he's better on the left wing he's he i wouldn't say he's a striker that that early chance that he should have scored he should have scored that early chance and he didn't take it now again against a good side that might be the only chance we get in in the entire game or we might only get two chances against milton kings we were always going to get more than one chance so it, it was okay you know and i'm not picking on him as such he has played better and he's getting better i think as well i think he he looks as though he's playing better um, but he needs to do it for a whole season. He needs to do it consistently and he needs to do it against the better sides. But it is progress for him. I will, I will certainly hold up my hand and say that. But I still think the weaknesses were prevalent in that last game against MK Dons, even though we were we were dominant for 90 minutes of the 95 or whatever it was. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree with you anymore. Nathan, who I threw that question to, despite the fact Kisby answered it. Um, oh, don't Sit down and put your fingers on your lips. Um, no, it's... Uh... It, I can't actually agree. I don't. I think it's possibly the only time I've ever agreed with the entirety of what you've said. Um, <laughs> Labelled well, on a bit too long. But that's then, obviously, I'm talking rubbish if you agree with it. No, it, you're absolutely right, and I'm glad that you mentioned as well about the fact that we were better, and it feels like we've we've turned a corner. But I, without being pessimistic and I'm just purely playing devil's advocate, Port Vale were possibly the worst team I've seen at London Road in a long time. And Milton Keynes Dons yesterday were content on giving us the ball in the final third. Um, They were really, really, really poor. Both of these teams have been really poor. And it's frustrating because I really hope that Milton Keynes Dons away would be a bit of a benchmark to see if we turn the corner. And unfortunately, that that didn't happen. Uh, Nathan, though, Kisby's mentioned about the defence there. There's one player that I want to talk about in particular. So our form, at least, if not the performances, has improved since um, Edwards hasn't been involved. That Just to point out, I mean Ronnie Edwards, not Sam yeah. Edwards. Although, actually, since Sam Edwards hasn't been on the pod, our form has improved. So maybe there's something in that too. But uh, Ronnie Edwards, uh, our form seems to have improved. Do you think there's anything in that? Or is that just a fact that we've come up against the dog shit of Port Merlin? Um, yeah, I think it's much of a muchness. I think you know, Ronnie offers that that ball out from the back, which is obviously something that we're we're pushing to do. So that's always the option. Do I think he's the most physical defender? Probably not, no. Um but I do think he has the awareness. I do think he's he's very switched on. Um and I I think had he been in the side just I still think we'd have won. So, you know I think we're we're very, very harsh on him and I think, you know, ultimately as a fan base that's kind of what we do is we're we're very ju- ju- judgmental of players. We don't necessarily say and back them as, as much as we should do. Um, you know, you've got a player that's in the young England on the Tunnies. You know, he's quite clearly good. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't get bids on a deadline day from Chelsea. You don't get bids from Crystal Palace in the Premier League if he's a poor player. So, you know, that that is quite clear to me. And I, I just don't always understand fans' kind of opinions on on him from that point. Um, I think Kent and and um, Kent has, has been been really really good. Um, I think he's he's getting in, you know getting better. I think obviously defensively there is a frailty there, and we have seen that, um, and that is something of a worry. But um, I think we you know as you say turning a corner it hasn't necessarily happened yet, and we are still sort of waiting for for proof of that. But I think if we go on a run of of wins, that you know that does prove that point. Um, I think it's great that Butler's back. I think that's going to be really really key in the back four. Um, as much as I like Burrows, I really, really do. He's he's not a wing back, as we've said. Um, you know, I know Daryl also said in his podcast that that he thinks he's more of a sort of left sided central midfielder, which would be interesting to see. Um, I think he's got that creative creativity and you know, it's it's always good to have a left left footer in, in centre midfield, I think. Um so that's gonna be interesting. But yeah, to, to go back to your original question, I don't think that's necessarily fair on, on Edwards. Um and I think it's it's just gonna be a case of seeing how we get on with the next few games. I think, you know, Edwards probably will come back in at some point. 
Um, and only then will we sort of, you know, see that. But yeah, I think defensively there's there's a frailty there and, and that does need to be fixed. I'm glad you mentioned Butler. Two two things here. One, it's nice to have a defender that's a defender and quite clearly a defender. But also with what you were saying there about uh, what Dara said on his podcast about how he sees Burroughs as more sort of left-sided midfield, which the entire fan base agrees with. It does also <laughs> go on to beg the question as to why then. We uh, seem insistent on leaving Tomlinson out and for the last however long Butler's been out, we've not wanted to bring another left-sided defender in. But who am I to criticise our illustrious leader? Um, Dan Butler back though, Kisby. That is big. That's huge for us because he gives that. And to be honest, I think before um, he got injured, I can't imagine many fans would have seen us saying that now that, you know, he's back. This is great. Dan Butler's back. This is brilliant news. He was always an okay player, but never really felt like he's perhaps the player that we've missed. I think he's a good, solid player. And as you say, he's a defender. So, you know, me being old-fashioned, I often think that, you know, you should have defenders who can defend. Burroughs has been awful this season. Awful, right? Awful as a defender and awful going forward because he hasn't gone forward. So, therefore, having Butler in is probably more important, I would argue, than having Edwards in or out. I think if Edwards had been in that team, I think the results would have been exactly the same. I, I don't think it would he would have had any impact on the actual... Um, results that we've had over the last two games. I think, to be fair to our central defenders, right, it's not so much whether they're good or bad, it's how we play them, I think, that that is part of the problem. And because we play with wing-backs, often we, we our defenders are giving the opposition so much room, that is causing us problems, not how good they are as such. Um, but I think it's... For for that for our defensive frailties, I think having Butler back in the team is is a good thing. And Burrows is is a decent player if you play him in you know like the midfield, which is what he is. Yeah, play him on your bloody wing, and you'll get the best out of him. And he's a better, much better player than he has been this season because he has been really awful, really awful. I think. So yeah, so all things considered, I think that is that is a positive. You know, play play players in in their preferred positions it's as simple as that and you'll get the best out of them play them in positions where they're not able to play very well then you'll get the worst out of them and i think that's what we've seen so yeah i think butler's not not the, the best player ever but i i'm pleased that he's back in the team i think i think that will strengthen slightly which is a, a, certainly a good thing yeah on on borrows though i think we saw the best form from him when he was sort of playing attacking midfield last year which I think he played quite a few games in number 10, I think three or four on the bounce. That Cardiff game, I think, was one. And then, yeah, I think yeah, he, he scored against Cardiff, wasn't it? Um, I think that period last year in the Championship was when he looked really, really good. Um, so for me, yeah, it, it just seems like he's he's better further forward. It, it's, you know, comfortably obvious. Yeah. Um, and he's, like I said, he's, he's a player I really, really like. Um, and I just think we're trying to shoehorn him into a position that while he... You know he is left-footed and and he's trying to learn that position. It's it's not him, yeah. um, and it's just you know unfortunate that we're trying to do that. And as you say, Tomlinson, I d- I don't know why he's not fancied. Um, I thought he looked decent in pre-season. I thought in the games I've seen him, he's been all right. Um, maybe it's it's the fact that he's a right-footer at, at left back. I guess maybe that's something. Like, it just seemed like Grant doesn't fancy him for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but you know, we I think we miss out on his delivery as well because I think he's he's a really good crosser of the ball, and and obviously set pieces are a thing that he really prides himself on. So it's a shame he's not kind of had any minutes yet, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And, and getting Burroughs further forward as well. You talk about delivery and and set pieces. Certainly, mm. uh, Harrison's ability to get the ball into the box is something that you miss out on when you you stick him at left back. Um, Matt, talk to me about Port Vale. Um. We were far better team than Port Vale. Port Vale, interestingly, right, the first 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes, that was the part of the game where they were slightly better than us, right? And that was the only part that they were slightly better than us because we were a lot better than them in the rest of the game. However, right, they had, I would argue, about two golden opportunities to score, absolutely golden opportunities, and they didn't even come close to taking them, right? 
And that's what you get with poor League One side. You get away with things like that. And as soon as we got our noses in front, as soon as one goal went in, we'd beaten those. We'd beaten those because we were the better side and we they weren't going to come back once they were behind. It might have been slightly different, a bit like... That's why I was so surprised that we lost to Fleetwood, because I thought, we're better than Fleetwood. We're a better team than Fleetwood. All we need to do is get our noses in front and we'll beat Fleetwood. So that's why I was surprised that we actually lost to Fleetwood, because once we went behind to them, that was it. It was game over almost. We could still be playing now and we wouldn't have scored against Fleetwood because they got their tactics spot on. In the same way that Port Vale didn't, because they didn't take that early one or two golden opportunities to score it didn't even come close and it wasn't the defense that stopped them by the way it was themselves the, the their inability to capitalize on the chances that they had in those first 15 minutes or so and once once we'd scored once we'd got our noses in front that was it it was game over i didn't think we were brilliant but then again i didn't think we needed to be because port Vale were clearly just not a very good side and um, again, we could have played them all, all day long and they probably wouldn't have scored against us because they just didn't have the quality in their team. So it was a comfortable game. And I think we'll see quite a few games like that, more often than not. Um, comfortable games where we are just the better side. doesn't matter what positions we're playing and doesn't matter what tactics we're playing. I just think we are going to be better. Fleetwood, I think, was just one of those games where perhaps the, te- the team that was the best team didn't win on the day. And you get that in football occasionally. So I think, I think it, 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 it's good from the, f- the point of view that the results are everything. Um, but we need to do this against the better teams in this league. And as we all know, there are six or seven really good sides in this league that we perhaps aren't better than. So on the day, if we want to beat these teams, we've got to play really well and get the tactics spot on and get the substitutes spot on and get, you know, um, just the whole team playing sort of thing. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, your mum's been on uh, after the Port Vale game. Uh, Irish Posh says a much better performance against Port Vale side. Uh, Ricky J. Jones played well. Goals taken very well. Glad to see Poku start. I think he'll be pivotal to us in winning games this year. Our most creative man. Subs killed the game. Randall can't buy a good touch at the moment. Uh, a couple of points from the last couple of games as well. So um, congratulations are in order to Joe Ward, who got his 200th appearance for the club against uh, Vale. And Taylor yesterday, uh, Jack Taylor, that is, who got his 100th appearance uh, for the club against MK Dons. Uh, Nathan, Joe Ward, um, if he were to see out the next couple of years at the club, where would he rank up there when we talk about the legends of the club? Um, I don't think he's ever going to hit absolute peak category, um, simply because you've got to look at the success of Boyd, McCann, you know, Mikhail Smith, McLean, you know, Tomlin. Um, I wouldn't say he's got... as much quality as as those guys, but I do think he's a championship player. Um, I think he's he's up there, but he's he's as I say, he's he's not going to be one of the the sort of top tier. Um, I think he's a very hardworking player. I think he's a player that just needs confidence. Um, you know, he's clearly got ability. Um, you know, you don't spend time at, at Brighton in in their academy if if you're not a good player, especially at the at that time. Um, I think he, you know, he is playing a position that isn't necessarily him as well. And actually, he's performed quite well in that position. And he probably is a winger. Um, he's got not a right back. He's insistent, isn't he? He's not a right back. <laughs> yeah, and I guess he probably, he probably is a winger. But I think he's a winger that's also quite good at right wing back. Um, and I think he's he's just a likable player. Um, you know, he doesn't complain, doesn't moan, just gets on with his job. Um, and you know, he rarely has a poor performance. I think. Um, and it's just a testament to to that type of player. I think he's got the right mentality. Um, you know, he's a good family man as well. You see him out and about with his kids, and then I I just really like him as a player. I just think he's yeah, he's exactly the kind of player. He's a prototype player that you'd want at your club. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm delighted that he's he's hit that milestone, and, and hopefully he signs that new contract because um, yeah. I think we're a far weaker side when he's not playing. Um, and if he were to leave the club, I think yeah, you know, there's a hole to fill there. Do you think he'll sign a new contract, Kisby? Um, I'll tell you what, right, I'm going to answer the question you gave to Nathan, um, even though you haven't given it to me. Um, when when Ward plays well, the team plays well. When Ward plays badly, the team plays badly, generally speaking. Um, again, I think I, I would agree. I would agree everything Nathan said, to be honest with you. He, he's it's a very, very good player. Last week, when Nathan wasn't here, you were accusing him of like cheating on the yellow blockbusters and all sorts. Like, it's when he's here, he's like, yeah, I agree with Nathan. 
<laughs> to be fair, I was inferring he was cheating, not accusing him. <laughs> he's not a legend, but he's he's a very, very good player. He's a very good player, and I'm more than happy to have him in my team, that's for certain. And I think when you when you you get the best out of him when you play him as a winger sort of thing, which you know he doesn't get played as a winger very often, does he? But he can, yeah, he can strike the ball well, and he he's a hard-working player as well. And and I like that in a player. I like a player to look like they're you know suffering for their many thousands of pounds a, a week. So yeah, I I think a very 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 good player, but perhaps not a legend as such. But then when you talk about legend, you are talking about the absolute best players that you see sort of every five yeah. ten years. So you know it's no disgrace for him not to be a posh legend in inverted commas. He's he is a very very good player. Yeah. Yeah, it'll certainly be remembered fondly. I have to apologise as well, by the way, if you can hear like a banging noise uh, behind me. What it is, my my neighbour, I forgot that their favourite pastime on a Sunday evening is to stand outside and keep slamming the door as many possible times, as many times they possibly fucking can. Um, so I apologise if you can hear the, the banging in the background. Um, they seem to have nothing else better to do with their life. Uh, we also beat Spurs under 14s uh, in the uh, Pot Noodle Cup. Do we give a shit? No. Will we talk about it? Uh, no. So we are, and we will look ahead to the next three games that we've got in the next fortnight. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. First up then is Burton Albion back on the hallowed turf of London Road next weekend. They are joint bottom. They've just moved off rock bottom, changed their manager. Things looking slightly more optimistic for them now. Uh, in terms of our record against Burton, uh, played 12, won four, drawn four, lost four. However, we haven't beaten Burton in the last five outings, so uh, we do have a bit of a hoodoo to turn. Now, that may play into this next point. Now, we can't condone betting, so we're not. However, as it stands at the moment, with the odds that are on uh, Posh just now, if you put £10 on Posh to beat Burton, bearing in mind this is at Peterborough United, you get £18 back. Now, I think that's pretty decent odds, and I'm slightly confused as to why the bookies don't seem to fancy us too much for this one. Uh, Nathan, any ideas? Um, I guess the the form throughout the season, we've been a bit on and off, blown hot and cold at times. You know, we went on that that poor run of, of losing a few games on the bounce, so I guess maybe that's that's a considering factor. Um but yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if we don't win that. I think it's it's one of those games that Kisby's mentioned that we should be good enough to win comfortably. Um, you know, Burton are are very much a struggling league one side. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to threaten. Um, and it's just a case of us keeping them quiet. And I think our attacking players should do the business as, as they have done in the last couple of games. Um, you know, I, I think we just need to play to our strengths and... You know, get balls into the box, get Clark Harris into the game, um, and obviously with Poku back, I think you know you've got a player there that that can unlock a defence from from that right hand side. So, yeah, I, I I think yeah should be a comfortable result, but you know with Posh, it's it's never you know necessarily nailed on, and I guess that's reflected in the odds. Yeah, um, potentially. But yeah. Yeah, we've got a week off because it was a week off. We, you know, it's Saturday to Saturday. Um, presumably, you see this as a win too. Would you rotate much? No, you don't change a winning team ever. Play Agree. the same. However, way. we have got a game Tuesday, Saturday, the following week. Yeah, but I just think if you rotate our players, you'll be playing a much weakened side, and all of a sudden you lose or get a draw. No, play exactly the same play. Right, they're professional sportsmen. They can do like two games in a week, for God's sake. You know, I would keel over and die if I had to play two <laughs> games in a week, but. They can do it. So just don't change. For God's sake, don't change a winning side. Don't change it, right? Play them. That's the first thing. 
Second thing is um, a bit like Port Vale, uh, a bit like MK's Dons. We get our noses in front. We will win that game comfortably. Once we once we get in front, there are more goals. It, you saw it against Milton Keynes. You saw it against Port Vale. Once we get our nose in front, we will score them more goals. Mm-hmm. So even if the opposition can can get maybe one against us, it won't be enough sort of thing. So, yeah, the important thing is get our noses in front, do it early, and it, it's an easy it's an easy win for us that game. Um, I can't. I just can't see anything other at London Road than a comfortable posh win again. To be to be honest, scoreline put your put your money where your mouth is. Um, I can see another sort of three nil, three one sort of thing. Nathan, I I can't believe I'm agreeing with Kisby, but yeah, three nil, three one. Um, to, to, add, to add to just what he said, it is tough playing two games in a week. I've, I've played seven aside twice this week and I feel like I can't walk anymore. So <laughs> players will feel it, trust me. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. And that's why I wondered about, about rotation, but we could potentially look at the Tuesday game for rotation, which I'll yeah. come to in a second. But um, So you're both going for 3-1. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go uh, 4-0. I think we make a bit of a statement here. Uh, whilst what, odds you get on, what odds can you get on 4-0? I don't know, but you know, actually, Burton of the last no, couple of weeks, they, they I have could, I done. Could getting a lot against them, actually. They they have done better the last couple of weeks, Burton. So potentially, I'm I'm being a bit disingenuous to him, but um, yeah, I, I I can't see. I think you guys are right. I think score early and and the game's done. But what we're talking odds, uh, we've played quarter of the season now, and I had a quick look earlier on. Ten pound on posh to win the league now is twenty eight to one, so that would get you two hundred and ninety quid if you put ten pound on posh to win the league now. Uh, second, however, would only give you sixty pound back. The playoff spot for posh would give you just twenty two fifty. So clearly, although they might not fancy this against Burton, the bookies do still see posh as very much a contender for promotion, albeit maybe not champions. Yeah, I think I think all day long we're we're a top six team. Maybe, maybe only six, perhaps or fifth, but all day long we're a top six. And I, I said that even though we kept losing every game. You know, it, it, we're not. We, we're a good side. We're a good side. We've got some very good players in that side. Um, I don't think we'll win the league. I, I, I said that a, um, a week or two ago. I think already it's clear we won't win the league. Um, but then it's hard to win the league because we've never won the league, not in the time I've been watching. So it's hard to win the league, even when you are good. Um, finishing second, that's also hard. Um, we have done that a couple of times since I've been watching this. Um, so perhaps we could finish second perhaps but i would be surprised majorly if we finish second but i would be surprised if we finished outside of the top six i think we're good enough to finish in the top six uh news just in kisby you asked for the odds on uh peterborough to beat burton four nil and it's the exact same odds as us winning the league so 10 pound on posh to beat burton four nil would get you 290 pound do you know what? That's worth a few quid. If you put a couple of quid on that, that'd be worth it, I think. Because yeah. I could, I could see, I could see us beating them like that. I really can. If we can get one or two early goals. Yeah. Uh, on the Tuesday after the Burton game, it's the rearranged Forest Green Rovers fixtures. Obviously, uh, originally postponed following the death of the Queen. Um, Nathan, Forest Green Rovers were one of the teams that you surprised me with by saying that potentially were a dark horse. Uh, it's not really playing out that way. What are you expecting from from uh, Forest Green when we play them? Um, I don't think there'll be walkovers. Um, I know you just just embarrassed me there, but I, I do think that they'll, <laughs> I they'll let it go. With you being back on, I could not let it. Go. <laughs> I do think that they'll come good more towards the end of the season. I think they'll probably end up mid table now. Um, but you know, you, you always have an outsider like that that you know you don't expect to do very well. Um, but yeah, to go back to your question, I think it, it won't be an easy game. I don't think, as, as I said, I don't think it'll be a walkover. Um, you know, I think they'll they'll you know put performance up against us. But again, it's it's a game that we should be winning. Um, and I think you know potentially there might be a bit a bit of rotation in there. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe like Kipriano, you know, players like that might come in. Um, but I don't think it'll be wholesale changes. Um, and again, I'd, I'd expect us to to still win that. Um, so I think you'd, you'd probably look at maybe like three one, two one, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think that should be another win, and, and that would be really, really good for for our confidence. I think if you know we've gone four or five games on the bounce, then yeah, um, yeah. and heading into you know some more important fixtures in in November as well. 
Yeah, it's nuts to be thinking about November already, but it's not <laughs> actually that far away. Uh, to put this in context, Kisby, uh, Burton, who we play on Saturday, are 23rd. Forest Green, who we then play on Tuesday, are 22nd. Uh, both of these teams are at home. Is any less than six points acceptable from these two? Not really. I mean, like I say, f- football isn't played on paper, is it? You do occasionally get the odd um, trip. Do you remember when... We were in the championship and we played Cardiff. We were top and we were bottom and we got a draw, was it, or something? You know, you, it, some, sometimes it happens, doesn't it? And you can't, there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes. And But you would expect six points out of that, wouldn't you? You would expect. And like I say, if you don't, if you start losing or dropping points against teams like that, there, there will be much better teams that will be much harder that you will also drop points against. So if you do want to finish anywhere near the top, you've got, you've got to be winning those sort of games and, and winning them quite comfortably. I'll just quickly pin you to the wall, Kisby, for a score prediction against Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> <Pardon>? <laughs> um, again, I, I think we when when we get going, we're quite free scoring, aren't we? Uh, can I just say, I've always been a fan of Jonathan Clark Harris, and I think he's our most clinical finisher that I've seen at Posh for a long, long time. If you give him a, a half a chance, he'll put it in the back of the net, I have to say. Um so again, I think I think a comfortable two nil win. I would say I'll go for that. Fair enough. I've no idea where that JCH point came from, but we'll take it, and it's it's absolutely valid. <laughs> if not, I think, I think he he's had a hard time since you know since he's been at this club. A lot of people have always said that he's a lazy player, and. I think he's putting in a shift these days. I think he's trying a lot harder since he's been captain, certainly. And yeah, I think I th- he's perhaps people don't give him the credit for his how good he actually is because when he because uh, I see I see the players because where I stand in London Road right is where they practice before the game and I see how hard he hits a ball and he hits it twice as hard as everyone else. He can half whack a ball, and I like to see that in a striker. Yeah, no, he, he does deserve credit because he did get a lot of stick last year for supposedly, you know, um, putting down tools and stuff because he didn't get his move in the summer. So you're quite right, uh, if not a slightly random place to introduce the point. But yeah, you're absolutely bang on. Uh, game three in the next little period before we record again is uh, away at Wickham Wanderers. Um, spoiler alert for this one, uh, Wickham unfortunately have voted to skip this game but take a 3-0 win. Uh, so this game now won't take place and they will get the free point. No, obviously I'm joking. Uh, we've played them several times. Uh, we've won- That's a dreadful setup, but we've won 11, drawn 7 and lost 10. However, unlike Burton, we've only uh, lost to them once in the last eight games. We do have decent recent form against Wickham, but this is the first bite of the cherry since the... Uh, the catastrophe that was the COVID uh, uh, season and their their uh, selective curtailment of not being able to play, but willing to play. Um, so it's our first revenge, if you like, or our first pop at revenge. It's way down at Adams Park. Um, if we focus that in its entirety, does that make this a derby? And Not in the geographical sense, but in terms of a competitive sense, do you think, Nathan? Has this got a bit more bite to it? Uh, it definitely has more bite to it. Obviously, I wouldn't call it a derby, but it's going to be a game where I, I hope the message is very much, do you remember what happened back then? Because um, I think that could be a really good motivation for pl- for the players. Not that they need a motivation to win a game of football, but you get where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that were, were at the club at, at that time. Um, and I think they'll, they'll definitely, you know, use that. Um, and it, it's a game, again, that, that we should feel comfortable in. I think, you know, Wickham are a good side, regardless of, of what happened back then. Um, and they they will prove a test, I think. Um, but it's it's a game that we really need to be going in all guns blazing. And, and again, I'd like to think our our attacking quality will, will shine through and, and should get us the result. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that message won't be forgotten. And I, I would be very surprised if it's not something that's kind of in the team talk before, before the game. And um, it'd be interesting to see kind of if there's an extra sort of aggression in the players and, and see how that goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd expect a result from us. It's one for the fans to look forward to, isn't it? Because uh, they are 19th. I'm saying that off memory. They're 19th in the league. Uh, not great, but as Nathan correctly says, they are a decent team. They're certainly not one that you would go to and expect to walk over at Adams Park. But um, are you seeing this as a win? Granted, we've played twice before then, but as we are now, do you see it as a win? 
before I give my prediction, I'm just going to um, read to you, Tim, what a derby actually is. This is a dictionary definition of what a derby is. Sports competition, especially a game of football, between two teams from the same fucking area or city, Tim. That's what a derby is, for yeah, God's agree, sake. You get, you get competitive derbies too, don't you? Help me out here, Nathan. What, what he means is... Help him out. He's <laughs> no, MK Dons, then, isn't <clears throat> a derby based on... Geog- if you base it purely on geography, Northampton isn't a derby. What, Sorry, what he means is, he says. it's like that Palace Brighton thing where it's just because there's been some needle with the fan base um, that they just don't like each other and therefore it's, it's you know, dreamed up as a derby. So I, I get I get what he means. But yeah, it's, it's not a derby in that term. Um, it's a derby in so much as we'll take more fans than normal and it will have an added yeah. bite to it, I suspect. However, I was thinking about this earlier. Do you think Wickham give a shit? Because obviously we were the ones that missed out by their, you know, their sort of game playing. But and it rightly so, the posh fan base still carry this venom towards them. But do you think Wickham care? Will they sell more tickets? Do you think for them it's just another game? Wickham don't care. Wickham don't care, do they? I mean, I wouldn't say we care particularly. I don't. So, you know, I don't agree it is a derby in any way, shape, or form. No matter how you're defining it, Tim. Um, I think you can't win all your games. Um, and like I said, when we was having our bit of a dip in form, when we were losing every week, um, bad runs come to an end. So good runs come to an end. So if we do get two more wins, which I fully expect, then perhaps that is the time, especially away, because you know what we're like away, you know, um, that might be the time where it's sort of our little mini revival comes to an end. And maybe, let's say, a draw, 1-1. One, one. Oh, lovely. I was just about to ask you for a score, but it's we're going for a draw from Matthew Kisby. Nathan? Um, I think it'd be a tight game. Um, I think 2-1. Posh. Yeah, obviously. Nine, nine <laughs> points. So that, that would make that would make nine points from the next two weeks. And with the win yesterday as well, that's a perfect October. And with uh, Oxford... Um, Oxford, well, fucking hell, Oxford, Accrington, not just headbutt the mic, Oxford, Accrington and Cambridge to come. Uh, you could be looking at what? Are you suggesting maximum points through October? Um, I don't see why we shouldn't be confident going into this run of games. Um, we probably, you know, at some point will drop some points. Um, I'm just, you know, thinking of it on a game-by-game basis. I'd be surprised yeah. if we don't win them, but also at the same token kind of with Kisby, it, that could be the game where I'd expect, well, not expect, I could see us dropping points. Yeah, um, we shouldn't be, but I, I could see it being a game where it's it's slippery, for sure. Yeah. It is away, uh, which means it's the return of Tim's away day guide. Uh, Wickham next on the League One Tour, and it's a shithole. There we go. That was the shortest, <laughs> quickest one that we need to do. No, uh, it's... Uh, it's not, well, it is, but that's not actually it. Uh, in all seriousness, though, it is a shithole. Uh, Adams Park, uh, capacity of just over 10,000, not that they'll ever fill that. Uh, around 2,000 poshies can fill out one end of the ground where we'll be herded into the ironically named Dreams Stand. As much as I joke, and I do want it to be a dump, it's, it's actually all right. Uh, it looks over like a, a wooded hill and it's got green fields all around it. It makes quite a picturesque and and calm uh, ground it's it's okay it's all right there's certainly worse grounds to go to um, i've always found the atmosphere though quite flat and dull and uh, a lot like the club it's all quite lifeless uh, but on the upside i've always found the shooting quite relaxed and it's quite a chilled out there um it's within a industrial park it's within sands industrial park so um for poshy fans traveling down from cambridgeshire you need to come off the m40 at junction 4 and take the a4010 towards Aylesbury. Uh, turn left at the fourth roundabout. I hope you're writing this down. There is a test uh, into Lane End Road. Keep going forwards and you can't miss it. Uh, parking wise, there's a decent sized car park at the ground. Is that a no, oh, no, but it could be, couldn't it? A uh, decent sized car park at the ground itself. Uh, and because it's an industrial estate, there's a plethora of other options around the ground itself, um, which might be quicker for a, a getaway after the game. Uh, if you're taking the rail, a little bit more of a challenge, uh, not just because they're probably on strike, although I don't know that for sure, but because the station's nearly three miles away. The station itself is only served, though, by trains from London Marylebone and Birmingham Moor Street. So you are going to need to plan, as you're probably going to have to make a few changes if you're travelling from Borough. Uh, two bars at the ground itself, which take away fans. Uh, Scores Bar and the Via Suite. Now, they serve food in both of those two 
as well. However, a disclaimer, just going on what we were talking about just there, the last time I visited, of course, there was no real rivalry between the two clubs. So I don't know for sure whether they're still going to accept away fans. I don't think we're really rivals to them, so they probably will. Um, but it's worth just bearing that in mind. Because it's on an industrial estate, there's not a lot else around there. Uh, you've got the hourglass on uh, in Sands itself. It's about 15 minutes away. Or the White Horse, which is about half a mile away. They'll both take away fans. Um, I wasn't joking, by the way, about them never filling their capacity. Their highest ever attendance, bearing in mind it's nearly 11,000 they can take, their highest ever attendance was just 10,000. And that was against Chelsea in, wait for it, a friendly <laughs> in 2005. But I'll see you there if you go in. Feels like a big game um, and makes the first of the two big derbies. I use that word in inverted commas uh, in two weeks because, of course, we've got this one. And then two weeks later, we've got Cambridge. You can only win one game, Nathan. Do you want to win Wickham away or Cambridge at home? Uh, probably Cambridge at home. Can't Kisby. lie. Yeah, Cambridge at home. Cambridge are now a local derby, though, are they? Northampton are. Uh, we're not getting into the geographical debate. No, there's, no, there's no getting into it. Cambridge are not... Well, in that case, derby. then, Cambridge isn't a derby by your definition, and nor is Northampton. We haven't got any derbies because we're in the middle of nowhere and we've got nobody around us. Stamford is our derby, or Bourne. Peterborough Sports. Right. Yeah, Still, exactly. the way they do, we will be playing them in the not too distant future. <laughs> well, if we lose our chairman, everyone seems to think that's who we're going to be playing. But, um, yeah. hey-ho. Uh, just wrapping up quickly, we've got the Tony Award for September. So, uh, last month was Bergstrom. Nathan, I need a nomination for Player of the Month. Sorry, putting you on the spot there. Player of the Month for September, which, let's be honest, wasn't a great month. Um, I guess JCH with, with his goals. Um, been, you know, still firing, so... Uh, yeah, you know, he's he's netted the winners for us, so I guess it's, it's probably the most obvious choice. Fair enough, Kisby? Yeah, I'll have to go the same. I think he's played well. I think he's putting a lot of effort in and harrowing more than he did, you know, previous in previous um, seasons. And I think he's deadly in front of goal when given the opportunity. So, yeah, I'll go for JCH as well. Yeah, Dan Weldon's text, he's going for Ronnie Edwards. Uh, I'm going for Ivan Tony, which means JCH wins this uh, two to one to one. So congratulations, Johnson Clark Harris. You are the recipient of the Ivan Tony Award for September. Congratulations. Uh, just quickly as well, uh, Nathan, you, you sort of strike me as somebody that does actually keep a tab on other clubs other than just posh. Uh, Sammy Smoddick's very quickly uh, is struggling up in Blackburn. He's struggling to get into the team. Now he's had an injury made a bit part appearance yesterday but the fee has finally been revealed and it is what we knew it to be the rumors were true the Blackburn fans though aren't best pleased that that's what they've paid for for Sammy how, how much how much did we pay I want to say 2.5 uh I was reading it yesterday but it was the upfront uh while Nathan answers the point uh I'll quickly just double check um yeah I think it, it is a big, big move for him. And, you know, he's only been there, what, two months or so, if if that. Um, I know he, he scored on his debut, so I guess, you know, that's that's a reasonable start. Um, but, you know, they're, they're a big club and, and they want to push for, for at least getting playoffs, I would imagine. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a long season and, and we're only just coming into October now. So, you know, I wouldn't write him off as yet. And obviously, we all said that the fee was probably too much. Yeah. Um so you know, quickly, as a, sorry, Nathan, just quickly jumping in with a fee. 1.8 million up front, up to 2.5 million with performance fees as well. Sorry. Yeah. As, as I was saying, so, you know, the, the, we all knew that that fee was going to be too much um, you know, to match his ability. I think he, he probably maybe is a million pound player. I wouldn't necessarily say too much more. Um, you know, I think he's a championship player. I, th- I think he has that ability. And, and towards the end of last season, he showed that. Um, and hopefully, you know, Blackburn get to see that because um, he's a player I like and it's, you know, he's a player ultimately that I want to do well and see do well. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I, I just wouldn't write him off quite yet. I think, you know, you've seen periods of, of his time at Posh where he has played poorly. He's been struggling to get into the side and then, you know, he's had a burst of form and, you know, proven that he is a quality player. So I think, you know, he's maybe a streaky player in, in that that kind of sense of the word. Um that that's kind of what I think on on Sammy. It's it's just an unfortunate situation for him at the moment, but ultimately I, th- I think he will come good. Yeah, 
Fair enough. Uh, and lastly, uh, Kisby, the posh made it onto uh, made it as an entry onto Footy Scran with a picture of one of our cheeseburgers. Now I use cheeseburger in the loosest sense of the term. It was looked like a burger with a little bit of cheese on. It's a shame actually that, yeah. that Jared's not here to give us a proper review. Um, but the results of the uh, Scran or no Scran are in. Thirty-one uh, percent said Scran. <sighs> Shocking. Uh, 69% have said no scrum. Oh, wait, no, here he is. Jared Farmer obviously replied to that, saying, now wrong with that. So he was quite happy with that, that burger. <laughs> there wasn't a lot. It was a good low-fat option, that cheeseburger, because there wasn't a lot of cheese on it. But to be honest with you, there was still like £37 worth of cheese on that burger, wasn't there? Because the price of cheese has gone up remarkably since, you know, last year. Um, as is the price of milk, have you bought Everything a pint of milk lately? Bloody hell! Needs to take out a mortgage. Butter as well is another one. Everything's just yeah. you know, going yeah. through the roof. Yeah. But you know, we are showing our age now, Tim, aren't we? You know, I don't want you mean no, I'm uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review and rate the podcast on Apple and Spotify. It helps us climb the podcast charts. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, our, our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, even that's a completely different website. As we've got more guest appearances lined up throughout the season, have we? Well, this is news to me, but I look forward to that. Join us in a fortnight up the posh. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.